You are now tuned into anything potable. The most honorable. The most audible. Hold the applause. Like Welcome to Anything is Potable. The Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, joined as always by the kid, the legend, the god himself, uh, Jay King, beat reporter for the Athletic. Uh, did you get another haircut? Did you you sh- looking very, like very svelte in the head? I did. Region. I trimmed it up again, keeping it high and trimmed tight. Jay King for the summertime. Yeah, it's it's my quarantine summer haircut. Sometimes you got to look tough. And tough, he does look. Uh, just a tough-looking guy here. <laughs> <laughs> You're here because the Celtics are back in the actually doing things. They are gone to Orlando. They're out of the quarantine in Orlando, and they are having practices. There are Zoom Practice. press conferences. We are learning things. Kara uh, Lawson, Celtics assistant coach, is leaving. Uh, and then there's all sorts of uh, bubble, bubble hijinks and uh, kind of stories about that. So we're going to dive into all of those. But I think the most important thing, um, at least from a basketball standpoint, is that Kemba Walker has not practiced yet. And that um, is not good. Now, the, the, the mainstream media might tell you uh, that it's just an abundance of caution, but um, not great from a, from a Celtics fan's perspective. Yeah, it's especially not great after he declared himself ready to go a week before the Celtics went to the bubble and said that he, how much he needed the break, basically admitting that before the break, he was pissed off with how he was playing. He wasn't feeling well. And then he had an individual workout and started dealing with soreness again. And the Celtics decided to take it slow with him. They've had, I believe, four practices so far. He's 0 for 4 in practicing, at least practicing in full. So that's not good. The Celtics anticipate that he'll do more when they practice again Wednesday. But it's alarming. I think it's alarming. I know I know. we're reading a screen right there where Jared Weiss said his lack of activity is not an alarm. Yeah, that's that the mainstream sa- media. <laughs> that, sounded off, that sounded off an alarm to me. Um, just because after months away, you'd think it would get under control. And I know that jumping back into action – can obviously cause some soreness, especially right away. But the, the Celtics, I think, were hoping that this issue was calmed down, and it it's not, or at least it's not calmed down enough for Kemba to practice in any of the first four. Yeah, no, it, I think that it can be true that the Celtics are just taking this and reacting to this with an abundance of caution, and like there's no real reason to like force him to practice. But the fact that uh, he had a little bit of discomfort, like when coming back in June is not a great sign. Um, I'm no medical doctor, but I think it'd be better if he didn't have that discomfort. And I mean, Brad Stevens uh, talking about the practice, it was like, he basically says like they're doing too heavy of a load for what Kemba could be, should be doing right now. Like he he stressed, uh, what was it on Monday? That like that they went really hard out there that like they had a really hard practice. And he's basically said, Kemba, just wouldn't be like ready to do that. That's a not great sign. I mean, they could be doing abundance of caution. The other thing Jared pointed out is that like they're definitely building towards being completely ready for the playoffs, and so maybe the timeline is way more extended out than you would think. But um, you know, you you'd rather him be able to just you know practice and play in games. Like if there was a game 
is he gonna how many games of the eight seeding games do you think Kemba Walker is gonna play in? Uh, we'll see. He's expect already expected to have a minutes restriction through the seeding games, which doesn't sound great. They they're putting him on some sort of load management plan. Um, I think it would have been smart to ease him back into things. Regardless, obviously, before the NBA NBA hiatus, he was not looking good. But the the stat that jumped out the most is over his last, like I think it was eight games played before the shutdown. He was eight for twenty nine from inside of five feet and had eight shots blocked from that range during that time. So he was just as likely to get a layup blocked as he was to make a layup which is not good, especially for somebody who normally excels at getting open and getting away from guys. But so, but intelligence was always the right path here. Patience was always the right path here. (laughs) Intelligence was always the right path. (laughs) I guess intelligence is normally the right path, but, (laughs) but the fact that discomfort forced them to take maybe more caution than they initially intended isn't a great sign. And no, and on I, top of that, he's got to he's got to prepare to play the first playoff run or long playoff run. He hopes of his life. He's never done that before. He's never ha- put his body through that the stress of a deep playoff. Run. Do you think and, the stress of a deep playoff run after having four months off is the same stress of a deep playoff run, or is that like it could a, be a even worse in legs? some ways? How can it be worse? Because if you play a full season, you're you're into it, you're used to it. You you you're out for four months. You you get out of basketball shape. Obviously, these guys stayed in in good condition, but there's there's something different about basketball shape. And having just eight games to prepare for that that playoff intensity is that's a quick quick like boost into the the postseason intensity. Is, is Kemba just not like what not in basketball shape right now? I, this is wild speculation, but like, I don't do think, think anyone's in basketball knee? shape. I don't think anyone's in basketball shape because they just weren't playing basketball during the quarantine. You can't be in but basketball. Is Kemba's shape. process like slowed down because he's not been in. He's he's not going hard as the whole team is going. So it's like he's going to probably need those games to ramp up if he's going to get into mythical basketball shape. I've never been in basketball shape, so I don't know what that feels like. It, it feels great, man. It, it feels glorious. <laughs> When the last time you were in basketball shape, 20, 24 years old? Uh, no, 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 because I got fat. I uh, I got fat after my college basketball career ended. I got fat instantly, like instantly put on like 40 pounds. <laughs> the day after my college basketball career ended, I just decided I wasn't going to hit the gym. What, what did I need to hit the gym for? Nothing. Nothing. You didn't need to be in basketball shape anymore. Exactly. So I, I got I got hefty. <laughs> the kid, the kid's weight fluctuates. I'll tell you that much. Just like his hair, uh, hair length. Uh, the other piece of news is Carol Austin, assistant coach, is joining the Duke Blue Devils. She's going to be the head coach of uh, the women's team there. Uh, she had been on the bench, in front of the bench for the Celtics, and um, it was cool to see the kind of the team come together and talk about. Um, like how much of a connection they had with her. And it was kind of, uh, they all came out more the uh, Duke women's basketball jersey. Um, there was tears. Where like is your mask, Jalen? Jalen is not wearing a mask in the picture, which is problematic. Um, everyone else is. Literally every single one other person in the photo is wearing a mask. Um, but it's cool to see the Celtics support Kara Lawson. She was not with the, only with the team for a year, but 
but clearly they grew to um, have a close relationship with her. I thought it was cool um, that uh, Brad Stevens press conference talking about how she chose to work with Marcus Smart. I've always kind of wondered because uh, before the games, you see uh, each of the Celtics players like working out with an individual coach. And I've always wondered how those assignments work out. And it was interesting to hear that Carol Lawson basically got to come on staff and choose who she wanted to work with. Um, and she chose Marcus Smart. And then in her press conference, she said she loved Marcus Smart. And, you know, I love Marcus Smart. I trust Marcus Smart. So but I thought it was interesting just kind of how close they got in, in basically the span of one season. I'm going to I'm going to drop a teaser here. I've got a Marcus Smart story dropping, I believe, Thursday. Oral Ooh. history of Marcus Smart's AAU days. He played on probably the craziest AAU team of all time. And the stories from those days are just electric. Wow, that's a tease. That's a tease. That's exciting. That's what yeah. you've been doing all these days. You've been talking to Marcus Smart's AAU teammates? Yeah, basically. And his coaches and Marcus himself. So it should be – it was a lot of fun for me because I had a kind of crazy AAU team too. But the parents were getting fights, like with fellow parents of their own team. Parents would be beefing with with parents on the other side. <laughs> po- police escorts sometimes taking guys out of games. Marcus, like, got a lot of stories about how he was just a mischief maker when he was a kid. So – it's it should be a, a fun, fun story for the people, but not to take any shine off Kara Lawson because she obviously made a connection with the Celtics during her year with the team. And I mean, they'll, they'll miss her. They will miss her. She, she got a great opportunity, obviously, at Duke, one of the top women's basketball programs in the country. And I'm sure she felt like she couldn't pass that up. But. The, the Celtics will miss her during the run. And now now they've got Brandon Bailey, Brandon Bailey entering the bubble to take her place. And he's a defensive guru. So that's the other thing I was, I was going to bring up is that like it kind of changes who because you wrote a story about how the Celtics coaches are kind of adjusting to bubble life and have, doing everything on Zoom. Um, this changes the kind of coaching rotation. Um, and it's like. The way I think about it is like you're either on the bench and that's the top tier coaches, then behind the bench, uh, and then you're uh, a video or like a locker room guy. And Kara Lawson was a on the bench uh, coach, and so they uh, she's going to Duke. Tony Dobbins gets moved up, who's Jalen, who is Jalen Brown's his uh, like kind of one on one trainer. I like don't know who that is. Like I'm sure I recognize his face and would because uh, I see him at basketball games. He's but a, tell me a, what you know about Tony Dobbins. He's the thin black dude who works out with Jalen Brown. He was. Oh, I, I should have known that from Jalen's training partner. Yeah, yeah, I know who yeah. that is. <laughs> I want to say he's the. Uh, he was a two-time French Defensive Player of the Year in the French League, Ooh. which I didn't know about. And when I found out that he won it once, I said to him, "Tony, Tony, I didn't know you won the Defensive Player of the Year award." And he said, yeah, twice. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. But, yeah, I mean, Jalen Jalen can't say enough about about the work Tony does with him. And I've I've talked to Marcus Smart about Tony, and everybody has really good things to say. He's a super, super good dude. Seems like like really good people. Um, And it's it's weird talking about coaches because a lot of the time, like, you don't see what an assistant coach does. You can only go by what people say, and I've never heard a bad word about Tony Dobbins, though. 
Yeah, it's only something I've like started to think about more as I talk with Rick about as he rides the ranks as like assistant coaching and like thinking about even just thinking Rick about, is like, his friend who works with bench. the Hornets. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Assistant coach for the Hornets, my friend. Uh, his real name is Nick Friedman. I call him Rick for reasons we don't have to get into. But <laughs> uh, kind of the levels of coaching, uh, it's like there is those tier systems that you just don't naturally think about. And so it's going to be interesting. Uh, I guess Tony's going to the, the front of bench. And then Brandon Bailey, the former G League coach, he was actually the head coach when uh, my friend Nick was the assistant coach with the Red Claws. He gets to come down to and live the fun bubble life. And he's supposed to be a, a kind of a defensive guru, which is what I mean, I feel like that's very much in the school of Brad. If Brad is like known for anything, I think it's his like defensive coverages. I'll um, tell you who will who will like so having Brandon offense. Bailey there is Grant Williams. Grant Williams before every game would work on his defensive positioning with Brandon Bailey every single game. And so Grant Grant will have his buddy back. Well, that's a, that's a perfect segue because I'm going to introduce a new segment. It's called um, Zoom Bubble Watch. And we had our first uh, kind of questioning of uh, this is from Tom Westerholm. Is Grant Williams smaller now than he was uh, during the regular season? I would say absolutely. He looks probably like 30 pounds lighter. The Grant looks pretty much the same to me. Oh my God, Jay! You're, you open your eyes. It's it's right in front of you. I mean, he was always pretty skinny. Maybe he did. He lose muscle mass. Is Grant out of shape? I think that's that's what we. No, I think have. he looks more cut. I I thought he used to have like bigger chest, but you know what? You were you're just not ready to have this kind of judgment on uh, Greg Williams, Grant Williams' body right now. You're not part of the fun NBA bubble watch. I think he looks very much the same as he did before, but. I could be Tom wrong. Westerholm, who looks skinny to me. Abby Chin, I thought so too. People with who, who are professional self You name, you name two job. people. You name two people who aren't on our level, Packard. <laughs> you and I have I'm the only voices say, that matter. Them. You and I have the only voices that matter. <laughs> okay, so we need to decide as a podcast, if, as the voices of matter, as the as the paper of record, is Grant Williams skinnier than he was before? I'm voting yes. And you're voting no, and I don't know. This is democracy, so I don't know how we settle that debate. I I really don't think he looks too much different. Can we pull up a, a photo of Grant Williams before? <laughs> we need the Grant, Grant Williams before photo. This is this is great podcasting. Packard is currently he he's up there on Google looking for Grant Williams. Show me, show me a shirtless photo. Show me a shirtless photo of Grant Williams. How are you expecting me to pull up a shirtless photo of Grant Williams? Do you think I can just Google Grant Williams shirtless and it yeah. will come up? Yeah. Okay, look at this picture. Oh, he I'm looks, looking at a picture. This is incredible podcast material. Yeah. Zooming. Oh, my God. Technical difficulties. Yeah, you're struggling out here. What you on dial bro. up, bro? Bro, do you not see the difference there? He's probably like 30 pounds difference. I'm pulling up Grant Williams shirtless on my own. All right. I, I think this is terrible podcasting. The, the the listener gods will have to decide for ourselves, but he's clearly skinnier uh than he was. Look at that. Oh, look, I got a Grant Williams shirtless photo. I'm gonna I'm gonna text it to you right now so you can throw it up there. I mean, my my man is cut up, bro. 
Always has been. Jay trying to send me that Grant Williams shirtless pick actually shut down my entire computer. So it's a perfect time uh, to, you know, have an important discussion about uh, the male body and specifically the, the sense that male bodies put off. I mean, fellas, you don't want to be the smelly guy. Being smelling good is important and Hawthorne smells really good. And even better, getting Hawthorne cologne is very easy. Now, think about this. You've been in quarantine pandemic for what four months now just sitting in your own stench just getting used to your own brand and now you're like maybe if you've been a uh, social distancing you're kind of going out in the world at least here in boston and people are smelling you for the first time in months you're gonna want to smell good i mean it's it's gonna be important you don't want to have a stale quarantine stench and so our friends at hawthorne are here to help us out you can take a quick two-minute quiz and then Hawthorne will tell you what the right cologne is for you. It was like a BuzzFeed quiz, but for my own body. It was a fun little journey of discovery. Go to Hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E dot C-O, not dot com. Hawthorne.co and use the promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co and use the promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. Hawthorne.co. Wow, what? that's weird. What is? The Grant Williams shirtless photo, he's cut. Yeah, no shit. He's always been cut. <laughs> I think he looks bigger than that, though, it, when he was uh, playing at the Celtics towards the end of the season. But you know what? The people can decide for themselves. We are an audio podcast. We can't debate video. Just go out like Jay King did and Google Jay King – or no, <laughs> first Google Jay King shirtless and see what happens. Then Google Grant Williams shirtless – and you can make the judge for uh, judgment for yourself. Um, the bet, like this, is the stuff we're talking about with the NBA bubble because the the other things that are going on are we got some some people violating. We the snitch line has been utilized. Our man Shams has reported that um, players have received warnings and protocols. We have some rumors. Um, who's the player on the Kings who already got in quarantine? Rashawn, Rashawn Holmes, Holmes for going for going to get uh, some takeout. Did you uh, see his have... mom's tweet? No, I did not. The, probably the best tweet I've ever seen in NBA Twitter. She basically said that the only cooking worth leaving the bubble for is mom's home cooking. <laughs> and that she was disappointed in her son because he left the bubble for someone's cooking other than her own. Oh, just shaming him. Yep. That's fantastic. Awesome, awesome move. Other than that, there's like, it's just, it is summer camp. You just see clips of like, these guys are fishing. These guys are playing golf. The Celtics whole thing is they love golf now. I'm not a big golf guy, so it doesn't really excite me. But like Kemba's ordering new clubs. Grant Williams is on Instagram, like showing the um, new golf balls he got. It's just golf doesn't excite me. Golf. I'm I'm in, I'm intrigued by Jason or Jason Tatum's quick rise, his quick rise to the top in golf. He's already in the 90s. Is that good? Andy, that's what Andy Mannix told Mark Domingo. It's not great, but he started like three months ago. He had never played before. Golf is supposed to be really <laughs> freaking hard, and he's already hitting bombs over 300 yards and shooting in the 90s. Like, that's a decent score. If, if you're shooting in the 90s, like, you're you're at least decent at golf. Oh, I mean, that not surprised. He's a very talented individual with great hand-eye coordination. I don't know. Like now, he's I got- have a theory. I, I've always I had this theory. It. I'm going to share it on the podcast now that shooters 
are great at golf because they can imitate people's form. And like, like to me, what makes a great shooter is like being able to watch someone else shoot and then figuring out how to do it yourself. And then it's the same thing with golf. Like you can just watch a golf swing and you know how your muscles work and you can just intimidate or you can, you can just implement it yourself. So I have a theory, and that's why Stephen Curry's got a great, great swing. Ray Allen's, Ray Allen's got a great, great swing. Jason Tatum just picked up golf, but already he's starting to p- be pretty good. Like, I, I, I just think shooters have a different gift in golf. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just judging off a tiny sample size, and I'm just a fucking moron. No, no I'm here for it. Uh, this is a uh, – it's just not that cock maybe. No, you, you presented enough correlation. I mean, the only other, like, golfer I can think of – is Charles Barkley not a known for shooting the ground, shooter. round, mound, and rebound? His golf swing's terrible. And so it makes sense. We being saw Grant Williams. His golf swing wasn't great. Just he's saying. Not a shooter. And he's definitely not a shooter. Although, do you think his now that he's like slimmed down, he's going to be a better player on the perimeter? Let's, let's, <laughs> he didn't even slim down. Grant Williams looks exactly the same. We got overreaction from the, the Twitter peanut gallery. I mean, I was trying to talk about something else basketball related because other than that, I don't have like anything else from the Zoom calls. I It turns out I just had to, you know, ask the Celtics to join the Zoom calls. And as a credentialed media media member, they said, OK. And I started watching them and it, they weren't that uh, not that entertaining. They're really not that interesting because here's the thing. We haven't seen anything. No, How we have we, nothing to judge any of their practices on. What are you supposed to ask about if you haven't seen anything? You don't know what's going on. And anytime you ask a player about a player about anything, it's either going to be what Brad Stevens does, which he just gasses the player, or it's going to be like Gordon Hayward does when he got asked who stood out in practice. And he's like, you know what? Everybody's had their moments. Everybody's been good. <laughs> I can't pick a single person who's been good in practice. Like, all right, Gordo, just – just man up and pick someone. <laughs> Just pick someone. Yeah. I mean, like, you have some Time Lord praise. Uh, like, I thought it was interesting Marcus Smart making a point to say that um, he wanted to uh, put I Matter on his back of his jersey, but like, uh, had to pick from the NBA's kind of like and player associations, like pre approved thing. I thought that was like an interesting nugget, um, which, like, I think there's a whole debate in itself. Like, obviously, I think you'd rather have. Um, the players just be able to say anything they wanted. But other than that, I don't know what else came out of those zoom calls because you're right. Like you can ask about like, I guess social issues, but in terms of asking about basketball, we don't know anything. And the only thing we see are clips that are released from by the Celtics. And then Brad Stevens talking about the practice. The one person whose answers really matter right now, Kemba Walker has not spoken since practices began. And that's because he hasn't practiced He's allegedly supposed to talk soon, and I want to hear what he has to say. If if he's concerned, what the discomfort was that he experienced in his knee, what type of plan he's going through to get ready for these playoffs. But, like, yeah, the Zoom calls, I like them because it beats having nothing. But it's definitely not like going to a practice and being able to speak to guys and be able to have actual conversations with people, be able to talk to coaches. It's just very, very different from 
my job perspective. I know nobody gives a shit about that right now. No. And nobody should give a shit I'm about that. I'm fascinated right now. <laughs> it's interesting. But but it Zoom calls are very, very different. Yeah, no, it's all like you. The, I don't know. There's just not that many like, great questions to ask. It's a weird format because it's just like the guy staring into a screen and you like they don't know if you can see them. And it's just a bizarre thing. It's like the, but it's the new way we're going to be like interacting with NBA. It's either going to be from their Instagrams, like sharing their fishing videos, or it's going to be from these Zoom calls because there's just not people in there. uh just being able to watch the basketball as much. And it's, I mean, the best thing that's come out of it is just that we have NBA players shotgunning beers and stuff. And like, that's Which pretty much. brings me to my next point. So, yeah. So JJ Redick, I believe was the first NBA player to shotgun a beer in the bubble. He said he'd do it for 10,000 retweets, sat there in an ice bath, shotgun to Bud Light. Myers Leonard has been putting on a show with the, the beer, basically beer Olympics. He yeah, he's going he's going real frat bro, like yeah. ready to do like 10 different yeah. beer die events and things. You like can that. tell he's gotten some experience in, in in beer drinking in his life. He uh he did something where he like dropped a beer on top of a ball and then the beer like bounced back up and did a flip and he caught it in midair. And and then he's been doing it. cool beer tricks. Yeah, the, the man's got some beer tricks, but we've got a podcast host here in Sam Jam Packard, who's got beer tricks of his own. He <laughs> I don't know. He, he vowed to me that he would shotgun a beer here live on the Anything Is Potable podcast. So, so I, I gotta be honest. To he also I've says always, he's a shitty, shitty beer beer shotgunner. I've always been like embarrassed by how bad I am at shotgunning. Like it's never a th- something I've enjoyed. Um, but I'm gonna do my best. What, what, could you show the beer to the people? Is that a little butt heavy? But so I just re- I refer to it as a bud. It's just a bud. Uh, it's the king of beers. I should have done this in a bath because uh, now I'm just covered in uh, foam right now. But yes. here we go. I've been trying to do it into the microphone. Just spilling everywhere right now, which is probably better for me. So I don't have to R- drink rookie it. move. Honestly. Oh, no. You- there we go. One one thousand, two one thousand. That was you. You you suck at shotgunning beers. I know. I can't. It's not. It, it's a. I don't. I don't want to say it's a problem because I think it's probably been like five or six years since I shotgunned a beer, but I've never been good at it, and it's a, a point of shame. At least it was for me when I from like sixteen years old to twenty two years old. There was a lot of like disappointment in my ability to shotgun beers myers leonard would never hang out with you he would be Nor ashamed to hang out with you i'm full that wasn't a, like pleasant experience i know people watched you eat an ass load of chicken and like had to watch you barf but sheesh for once i'm the guy like just sitting relaxing and watching somebody else ruin himself i like yeah, that it's more fun I like in that position, on this right? the fence. yeah yeah we should have had grandy fucking narrate this one yeah, I mean, it was long enough. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I am not good at shotgunning beers. I mean, you challenged me. I knew I had to step up because I knew you had already done taco eating challenge and like the um, McDonald's eating challenge. I knew it was my time. Um, but yeah, it, it was it wasn't a good effort. We'll, we'll work on it. We'll have you do different beer tricks every episode from now on. 
I'll, I'll drink whatever the NBA players drink during the bubble. Any beer drinking trick I see an NBA player do, I'll promise to do it here on Anything is Potable. Have you ever snorkeled a beer? No. go. On. I don't even know what that is. See, snorkeling, is that that was my jam back in the day. <laughs> You're an experienced snorkeler? Yeah, you, so you know those, like, the bendy straws? Like the... The crazy ones. No, not the crazy, like, just the ones that bend. Like, the yeah. plastic ones that bend. So you put put those in a uh like just any any bottle gotta be a bottle and you're basically just shotgun in a bottle bend it over yeah you're basically shotgun out of a bottle it's called snorkeling at least where i'm where i come where from. you're from it's the same uh premise with physics of introducing the air to enforcing it like it's it should be fast drinking i'm just not good at it but um apparently you're, next week you're gonna have to snorkel uh, something for us because you just that was to not being- volunteering so you're a professional sports fan i'm just a professional <laughs> That is true. It's my job. Just get drunk at games and yell at the TV screen. Exactly. Have you seen the bubble content from the reporters? From the reporters in the bubble? Oh, yeah. No, who's there? I don't even know who, like which one people risk their lives. My man Joe Varden's there for the athletic. Um, Chris Mannix is there chilling. I've seen Andy Mannix's Instagram. He looks like uh, he's having a blast. Andy Mannix, he, yeah, he's he's playing a lot of golf. I'm sure he was. He stole the show when Kemba made nine straight threes on that video. Andy Mannix stole the show, just tracking down rebounds. I'm not gonna lie, but Andy Mannix is the equipment manager and just a all around good dude. Uh, he's with the Celtics always. Yeah, legend. But the some of the some of the bubble reporter videos have been just strange. So. Reporters in the bubble have had to quarantine. I, I'm going to feel bad taking a shot at this dude because I, I respect his work a lot. I don't know him at all. Like, I'm not sure I've ever even beef, had a conversation beef, with him. Beef. Ben Golliver put out a strange, <laughs> strange video. He, what was it up? I want to repeat that I, I really respect him. He seems like a good guy um, from what I've he heard. He podcasts with Pina. We can have a, a tete Podcast with Michael Pina. But we can make the connection. He took a video of himself like working out in his hotel room and he's just speed walking from one side <laughs> of the room to the other and back and forth and back and forth. And it, I, I'm not going to lie. It was creepy. If you go to Ben Golliver's Twitter page right was now. Was it a bit or is it like was it I, supposed to be funny? I, I think it was like just kind of trying to inform people of what life is like during the seven day quarantine that reporters have to have in the bubble. So, oh, because they have to stay in their room for that for that full yeah, week. Just in their room. They cannot leave their room. That's for wild. a full week. So they're they're doing everything, eating, sleeping, working out, doing it all in the taking their temperatures, taking their oxygen levels. Um, all in, all inside their rooms, getting tested. But uh, there's something about that video just <laughs> just really creeped me out. Would you go to the bubble if you had the opportunity, knowing that you'd have to do that? No, I, I would not. If if I was forced to pace back and forth, <laughs> if you had to speed walk at, at that at that speed inside my room, I would I would not. Somebody's got to get my man like some resistance bands. Or, <laughs> Or some TRX suspension training or something like get get that man a decent workout inside his hotel room. Please. Please. 
That's I mean that's that's what we're reduced to with the kind of this beer I, I big bubble I just world. Took a, I just took a unwarranted shot at. I don't think it's unwarranted. It unprovoked, made you feel unprovoked shot. Unprovoked, but it made you feel very uncomfortable. Uncomfortable enough that you had to bring it up, and I think like that's important because we're like you said, we're the paper of record. We're the only voice that matters, and so if something made you that uncomfortable, I think the world needs to know that. Yeah, and uh, maybe maybe I should have let him know that I was going to take a shot at him on the podcast. But again, I don't know the guy. I don't know the guy. He made me uncomfortable. You know what? I'm blaming him. I'm blaming <laughs> yeah, him. No, I'm going fault. the other way around. He posted the video. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I cannot stand for, for such creepiness on the, on the Twitter sphere. <laughs> All right. I mean, they feel like we have to wrap it up there. If that's the kind of analysis you like, we're talking about Grant Williams, uh, whether or not he's fat or thin, you have a guy shotgunning a beer, uh, NBA bubble Twitter analysis. And then we also talked about Kemba Walker, a little concerning that he has not practiced yet. And, you know, we threw in a little talk about the Celtics coaching staff there. If you want to listen to more, anything is potable. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all those good things. Uh, if you want to subscribe to The Athletic and read the work of Jay King, go to theathletic.com slash anything is potable. Uh, and you can read his words, his reporting from his Zoom calls, and you'll get that oral history on Marcus Smart's AAU team, which is just like Marcus. Any Marcus Smart story is awesome, and then you just hear like the legend building. This is like the prequel stories to Marcus Smart. I'm very excited for this story. So go to theathletic.com/slash anything is potable if you want to subscribe uh, to read that. And thank you for listening. This has been another a fantastic episode of. Anything is possible!